all the time. He's doing it all the time. And so many times we overlook it and we think, oh, that's not really God. I remember being a 12-year-old sitting right here watching Tony Johnson and hearing these amazing sounds. And I'm like, wow, God, that would be amazing. And I thought, oh, well, well, who, who am I? Who am I? But what was God doing? He was seeding. He was depositing vision, allowing us to dream. And we're going to talk a little about that tonight. We're going to talk this evening about growing in faith. We are, of course, Faith Christian Center, so we're going to talk about growing in faith. Now, are you ready to get into what the Lord has for us tonight? I'm ready to. Let's hold our Bibles high and let's make a declaration of our faith. It's okay to use your phone if you want to pull your scriptures from your phone. We are not opposed to that. I just prefer paper. So say this with me, Father in heaven. Thank you for this word. It is the absolute truth. And I believe it. It's your personal love letter to me, and I receive it. It's the answer to my questions and the answer to the world's issues. Lord, today, my ears are ready to hear your word. My heart is ready to receive your word. And I, by faith, am ready to be a doer of the word, no matter what comes my way. Now, Father, as we approach your word tonight, I know that you have deposited this word in me. I'm asking you by the Holy Spirit to help draw it out as you have taught. I thank you that tonight I would only say what you would have me say and only do what you would have me do. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, and everyone who agreed said, amen. Amen. I want to acknowledge again Pastor John and thank him for the privilege to come and share with you this evening. I would also like to acknowledge two very special people who are growing up right here in this church. And this is the first time as children uh, who are not babies in our arms that are they're sitting in my message for the first time. My son, Noah, and my daughter, Lily, t- about to be 10 and 8. Thank you guys. So glad that you are here. And I won't embarrass them anymore because we came for the word. So let's go to the word. Can you go with me to Luke chapter 17? You know, we're going to talk this evening about growing in faith, but we actually don't grow in faith. Rather, we grow in the understanding of faith. I'm going to say that again. We don't grow in faith. We grow in our understanding of faith. And in effect, we grow as Christians to understand what God deposited in us the day we were born again. The the disciples, we're going to read it. The disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus said, I'll tell you, if you had the face of a mustard seed, you could move this mulberry tree and say, be planted into the sea. And so we have this concept, just to kind of look over the room, if we could, if I could just ask you a very honest question, how many of you would say, man, if I just had a little more faith, I could believe God to do some miracles in my life. How many of you have ever felt that way before? Don't be shy. Okay, we could all raise every extremity on our body. And we are like the disciples, and we have this idea that maybe if we come to church more, church is good. We read more, we study more, we, we plead with God more, we get on our knees more. Maybe if we're able to get our faith to grow, then we can do the miracles that Jesus did. We can see our friends and our family saved. But it's not about growing our faith, even though that's the title of our message. It's growing in the understanding of what God has already deposited in you on the day that you were born again, and furthermore, brought out to another level when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, all the faith that we need as followers of Jesus Christ is right here 
on the inside of us. And so our time on this earth as Christians, studying the word, fellowshipping with one another, and coming to church is learning to draw out of us what is already in there. And this is a really important distinction because otherwise we waste our lives away asking God to do something that he has already done. He has deposited, Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God or faith in the Son of God. We have everything that we need already deposited inside of us. You know, it's the springtime now. And so I love the image of what it means to be born again. Let's take a step back. I love breaking things down and doing basic Christianity. We, we throw these words around, born again, saved, baptized, filled in the Holy Spirit. Do we stop to think about what they actually mean? Well, Jesus brings this term born again first to us in the book of John chapter three, talking to Nicodemus. And when you break down that word born again, it means two things. It means born a second time and born from above. And so you have to be born first on this earth. This is basics. We know this. But to be born from above, God takes the seed of the Holy Spirit like you would take a seed in the springtime and deposits it into the soil of our heart. Get a load of our image here. And we begin to grow in the nature of God and follow after the works of Christ. But it's something that's on the inside and it begins to take root and it works out over time. So let's take a look at what the disciples say here in the book of Luke chapter 17 and verse 5. I actually find this extremely interesting. I want to I go back to verse 1. We're talking tonight about growing in faith. And you can be encouraged because if you have ever felt like, man, if I just had some more faith, I'd be able to do what God did through Jesus. I would love to have more faith. Well, the disciples are having a conversation. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus begins to teach and he says, it's impossible that on this earth no offense should come. That is, no stumbling block to followers should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It will be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. It's interesting because what we're about to read, the disciples heard just what you and I just read. And this is the response of the disciples. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. In other words, we don't have the faith to forgive our brother. Jesus is talking about forgiveness. You've got to give us more faith in order for us to be able to forgive somebody seven times for hurting us. And Jesus says it's not an issue of faith, verse 6. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Jesus says that the issue is not faith. And it's interesting because we read through the scriptures and we learn a lot even about addressing conflict. And so many times as followers of Christ, we step on each other's toes, even in our own family, even in our own church. We step on each other's toes. We hurt each other. We offend each other, sometimes intentionally and sometimes unintentionally. And Jesus says that the solution for that is to live in a pattern of forgiveness. The only way we can do that is through love. The disciples hear this and they say, 
well, if that's what's required, you need to increase our faith. And our study tonight is on the area of faith, not on forgiveness. We've talked about that a few weeks ago. We've talked about bitterness. But our study tonight, we're going to hone in and zero in on verse 5. The apostle said, increase our faith. When we are born again, we are born a second time. We are born from above. God takes the seed of the Holy Spirit, deposits it in our heart. And what happens after that, and this is why if you come to Faith Christian Center, we are very, very big on being baptized in the Holy Spirit because Jesus said there is something that comes after the new birth. He told the apostles to wait in Jerusalem until they receive power from on high. And that power came on the day of Pentecost. John, in the book of Matthew, says, I'm baptizing you with water for repentance, but there's one who's coming who's mightier than I am, and he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And this is fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, when the apostles are waiting in the upper room, when the disciples and all the people, 120, are waiting in the upper room, and God begins to pour out his Spirit. And so we have the faith that we need to do the works and the things that Jesus did, even to forgive our brother, even to lay hands on the sick, even to have wholeness in our own body, the very same faith that you applied to be born again is the faith that you need to fulfill the call of God in your life, to do the works that God has called us to do through Jesus. Turn over with me to the book of Colossians chapter 3, please. Just laying a little foundation as we begin to unpack this. Growing in faith, Colossians chapter 3. I'd like to go to verse 1, and we're going to walk through these 11 verses here. Colossians chapter 3, 1. If then, let me make sure I got the right passage. Three, I'm sorry, 3, 14. Did I give you, I gave you guys Colossians 3, 14 through 20. That's not what I want. Okay. Let's move on from there. Turn with me now to the book of Hebrews. I want to pick up in Hebrews. So if we say that we need to grow in faith, and in essence we don't grow in faith, but we allow to grow, we allow ourselves to grow in the understanding of faith, I want to answer two questions tonight. What is faith and why does it matter? What is faith? Many of us have been around a Faith Christian Center for a long time, and in all of our understanding, we'll never fully understand faith. Let's answer two questions tonight. Hebrews chapter 11, famous verse. We've heard it a hundred times here, over a hundred times here. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Now, verse 1, now faith is the substance. Everyone say substance. Substance. Of things hoped for. The evidence, everyone say evidence. evidence. Of things not seen. So you break these two words down, and that word substance actually means realization. Faith is the realization of the things you hope for. Faith is the realization of the things you hope for. That word evidence actually translates confidence. Faith is the confidence of things not seen. What is faith? Faith is a realization that you have something that you can't see with your natural eyes. 
There's this powerful scene. How many of you have ever seen the movie Hook? Anyone with Dustin Hoffman and, and Robin Williams? He plays Peter Pan. And this is one of the most awesome depictions of faith. Because Peter Pan, who is now a grown man and lives, you know, back somewhere in the UK or the United States, he actually uh, gets, gets back into Never Never Land. And he's with the lost boys. And he has forgotten everything about what it means to be a lost boy. And so the, he's, the lost boys have worked them hard. And he's tired after a long day of work. And they say, let's sit down to eat. And they sit down to eat. And and all the bowls are empty, and all the plates are empty, and there's no food. And he's starving, and he's watching them chew away and enjoy everything. And he's saying to himself, what is wrong with you guys? And they're like, Peter, Peter, you have to open your eyes. You have to see. And see, that is exactly what faith is. God causes us through faith to look out, not at the things that are seen here on this earth, but the things that are in the spiritual world, to look out, to reach out, and to believe that they're there. The first step is to believe, yes, okay, that is there. The next step is to believe, okay, I can have it. And the moment his eyes begin to open, he begins to enjoy the nourishment of the food. He sees it all at the table, and he understands, ah, and his belly is satisfied. Now that's an imaginary Hollywood depiction, but it's a beautiful depiction of what God wants us to do here on this earth. As followers of Christ, we are ambassadors of Christ, and we have come to bring the kingdom of God here to this earth, here to our families, here to our regions, here to our nations, and to do that, we need the faith of the Son of God. And I want you to see that faith is not something that you have to wait on God for. Faith is something that is already inside of you, but what it's waiting for is an activation on our part. God is waiting for us to see that it is there. That is why we study out the word. See, God works in such an amazing way. So many of us overlook what God is speaking to us. So many people, even many Christians, they're walking around with no fresh revelation from the Lord, with no fresh word from the Lord. Do you know that God desires that you have a fresh connection with him each and every day? A fresh word from him each and every day. How, how tough would life be if you went through life knowing that you had friends, knowing that you had family, people that you could connect with, you knew that they did love you, they did care about you, but it was never communicated. God's desire is that every day, whether it's in the morning, throughout the day, and in the evening, he's communicating to us. And we know first and foremost, God is gonna communicate to us through his word. See, the, the walk of faith is a beautiful thing because we read the scriptures and if we're not careful, we say to ourselves, oh, that was for them. That was for Abraham. That was for Isaac. That was for Jacob. That was for Moses. That was for Noah. Where's Abraham today? Where's Noah today? We are living in the times of Noah. And where's Noah today? He's not listening to what God is saying. God is speaking He's saying, go and do something. But we're either too busy or we're writing off the word we're hearing and sensing in our heart. See, faith comes by hearing the word. And when we hear the word and we read the word, God begins to deposit pictures 
inside of our heart. He begins to show us. We begin to come alive. You ever read the word and you just sat down to read the word and all of a sudden it's like your spirit, like your insides are turning and something's happening. God is communicating something to you by his Holy Spirit. You can be reading Exodus about the children of Israel coming out of the land of Egypt and God is speaking to you about what he's going to do at work that day for you. That's how God wants our relationship to be. God wants to lead us in the small, minuscule things. I remember <clears throat> several years ago, uh, we were living uh, in, in one particular town. It was a small town. And so, uh, you know, I, I was just asking the Lord. Uh, I wasn't asking the Lord. I was looking. I know I wanted to go out and buy uh, some chips. And I, I know it's going to be crazy, but you got to follow track with me here tonight because I want you to see how God is in every area of our lives. And the reason we don't do the big things is because we're not doing the small things. We're, we're ignoring that word on the small things. And so I get in my car and, and I'm a big fan of the touch of lime Tostito chips. Does anybody like those? Those things are like super addictive. So I'm a super fan. So I get in my car, and all of a sudden I just have this sense, Shaw's has them on sale for $2.50. I kid you not. Kid you not. I mean, you could think I'm crazy. You could walk out the Shaw's has them on sale for $2.50, and I'm like, there's no one in the car. It's like 9, nine o'clock at night, and I'm like, okay, so I'll check it out. I'll try it out. See, what is God doing? See, you think, oh, you're crazy. You know, that's just a coincidence. So I go to Shaw's, and wouldn't you know the Tostitas are there for $2.50? You know what just happened? Ooh, a deposit of faith hit my spirit. Oh, I, I did hear from God. Oh, wow. See, faith is a journey. And God wants to take us to these great heights so we can do great exploits, but we can't do it until we listen to the small things. The small things. Countless stories I have, you probably have. We just had an incident the other day uh, with the dog where my wife had this, this, you know, the Bible may call it an unction. We may call it an unction. My wife had this sense that she needed to go and check on the dog. But she just kept pushing it aside and pushing it aside. I'm sorry I'm telling on you. Nobody's going to think you're a bad dog owner. I'm just, it's just, it's, a, it's the most relevant story. So, you know, the dog's running outside and she has the sense, go check on the dog, go check on the dog. And she ignores it because she's busy. Well, wouldn't you know by the time she listens, she goes to check on the dog and the dog's muzzle has completely blown out. It's been stung or bit by something. So now we have something that we need to do. The dog's fine, praise God. But you know what we learned in that moment? Wow, God, that really was your voice. See, see, this is it. This is what we have to hone in on. Like we said tonight, we have everything that we need to do this faith life already living inside of us. And if you're born again, that's the first step. But the power comes when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples, when Jesus rose from the dead in the fullness of his glory in his new body, he went to see his disciples and then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And you think, oh, that's it. That's all they need. No. Before Jesus ascends on high, he says, but wait, that wasn't enough. Wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high and then you shall be my witnesses. See, God is working this out here. The first step is first to come to faith and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that you can't be justified by good works on this earth. Religion will always work from the outside in. Do this and you'll be a better person. It'll never work. Jesus said, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Put your religion aside and come and receive it by faith. 
by faith. So we come to faith in Jesus Christ, but the next step is to receive the power from on high to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm sowing this seed tonight because you're going to have an opportunity tonight to receive the Holy Spirit if you're not already baptized and filled in the Holy Spirit. So God is moving in all these little intricate areas of our life, and he wants us to know. How many times, guys, come on, I'm just trying to get you to realize what's going on in your own life. How many times are you driving down the street and you see that person on the side of the road and you feel it, but you just keep driving and you feel it, but you just keep driving and you feel it. And what happens is we walk away. We drive away too many times that it's not that God has stopped speaking. It's that we have numbed his voice in our lives and he no longer moves us to compassion because we're moved by everything else in our lives. We have quieted his spirit in our life. We have quieted his voice. People ask me, people say to me, you're crazy, man, if you think God's talked to you all the time. God talks to me every single day. God, show me things this weekend that are happening right now. That's how good he is. And you know what? I didn't, and I'm not saying we shouldn't do this, but I didn't get on my knees and spend 40 days fasting. All that's great. But what it is, We do all these works. (laughs) We do all these works to try to move heaven. Do you know what? Before the work ever came, oh, this is so good. See, we think in the Old Testament they had the law. And then God sent Jesus. And so he was able to get rid of the law by fulfilling the law in Christ. But the book of Galatians reveals to us that justification and righteousness never came by the work of the law. It always came by faith. Before the law with Moses was faith with Abraham. Our whole walk with God is through faith, not through the works of the law. So God is just looking for us to believe in the word that he has said to us so we can do the things that he has called us to do. It's not like you have to go to seminary forever to be what God has called you to do. You need to start believing in the very word that he has written. And when you say, okay, I'm going to put you to the test now, God. One of the greatest areas, scripture says, do not test the Lord. The one area where God says we can test him is in the area of our finances. Malachi 3. And test me now in this. So if you're wondering, if you want to hear the voice of God, if you want God to start moving in your life, you can do the basic thing. God, I'm going to sow this 10% right now. And I'm going to believe in the name of Jesus that you are going to do what you said. Rebuke the devourer for my sake. Call me the delightsome land. My fruit won't cast before it's time. My vine won't cast its fruit before the time. All the promises, I'm going to put you to the test. So many of us are waiting for God and God is waiting on us to activate faith by taking that step and do what he has already called us to do. So God, is, God, God walks us through a journey. These are things that I knew not by knowledge, but by experience with God 15 years ago. And guess what? I got really religious over 15 years. And I began to put away those things. And now I'm coming back to basic faith. If God says it, I believe it. That's it. That's it. God, you said it. Well, it doesn't feel that way in my body, but God, you said it. You see, oh man, we we have to start elevating the word of God above the situations and circumstances of our life. We have to do it 
and do it. And you know what? You confess it and you don't see it happen. You got to keep confessing it. And it's not our confession that changes it. Maybe it's not changing our confession. Maybe it's changing our belief. Maybe we just need to believe what Jesus said is true. And then we'll see it in our lives. Let's believe what he has said. Jesus said, the, the Pharisees said, what do we do to do the works of God? He said, the work of God is that you believe in the one whom he has sent. Believe. It's not about changing that confession, maybe. It's about believing. Some miracles come like that. You know as well as I do. You came to faith in Christ. Certain things fell off. Other things took time. And you know what? Let's remember, too, that there are great men of faith that you can read about in Hebrews 11, that the scripture says they died in faith, not having seen the promise fulfilled. Wow, you and I see, I'll have, I know my faith is confirmed when I see. No, oh, Jesus. Jesus said, Thomas, you believe because you have seen, but blessed is he who believes and yet has not seen. And what pleases God is to believe with, believe it so strong that it's real, that you see it even if it doesn't show up here on this earth. What is faith? Faith is the realization that you have in the spiritual what has not yet manifested in the physical. It's the confidence of seeing it. So this past weekend, my wife and I celebrated 12 years married. And uh, I don't remember what I was going to say, but we celebrated 12 years married. And, uh, and we were going out on this date, and it was a wonderful time. And uh, God is teaching me, like I said, I got really religious over the past 15 years. And God is teaching me how to just walk by faith again. When, when I, you know, do you remember that moment when you were super spiritually goofy, and like nobody wanted to be around you because you were a Jesus freak? You know, and, and you think, oh, I finally settled down. You know what? We settle down, but then we get religious and we start putting principles and practices in our lives. We don't see the fruit. It's because God wants us not necessarily to be the, the Jesus freak where nobody wants to be around us, but to have the same type of faith that we exercised way back when. You know, I saw God do amazing things 15 years ago. And yes, in this interim, I've seen some, t- some things as well, but God is speaking to me on the very small things. So this past weekend, uh, I'm taking my wife out for our, our anniversary date. And, uh, and, you know, the problem is I was, I was such a good boyfriend and such a good fiance that I have to keep a, such a good husband that I, I've, I've run out of ways to one-up myself. I have nothing left to do that's better than I have already done. And if I had known that before I got married, I would have kind of put a little bit out, you know, put a little bit out. So I had a hundred years worth of stuff to do. I have to pray to God now that I can get something that wows her because I got nothing. I mean, I absolutely nothing. All the good stuff I had, that's gone. I can't do that and expect to get the same result. So I'm like, God, I have no idea how I want to please my wife. I love my wife. I want her to be happy on our anniversary. There's no worse anniversary than your wife is crying. You don't want that. But God, I want this to be a good anniversary. What in the world do I do? And all I know, all I know is, you know what? There's this place my wife loves for ice cream. And I'm like, okay, I'll take her to that place. And it's in her hometown where she grew up. I'm like, but God, that's not good enough. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. That's the sense that I had. See, 
I say so often, God said, I saw, God said, I saw. Paul spoke like that sometimes. The Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit revealed. But there were other times that he said, I perceive. We're not stupid. God has deposited his very spirit inside of us. The spirit that searches the inner things of God. So when you see those pictures inside of your heart, I encourage you to start putting them to the test. When you start hearing those whispers, I encourage you, start putting them to the test. And you know what? Yeah, there's going to be times where it didn't work out. And you know what? I said, okay, I'm just practicing. Okay, you know, I just, I thought that was God, but that's okay. We're so afraid to miss it. We're so afraid to miss it. So back to the date. I, okay, God, I'm going to take her to, the, to this place to get this ice cream. And so, you know, I want to surprise her. And finally, I tell her, honey, I don't know if this is good enough. I'm not trusting God. God, I don't know if this is good enough, honey. Maybe, maybe you're not going to like what I'm going to do. But all I wanted to do is take you back to your hometown to go to your favorite ice cream shop to get you a Quahog and your favorite ice cream. She said, that's wonderful. I would love that. I said, oh, God, you're awesome. It's great. It's great. That's like a $15 date. It didn't even cost that much. That's awesome, God. You're so good. So she says, okay, and then what are we going to do? Well, well, what do you want to do after that? I'm like, oh, she's right. That's only going to take like 10 minutes. What are you going to do after that? I said, honey, all I know is that I'm supposed to take you to get ice cream. And this is what I said to her by faith, not even realizing what I'm saying. I will know when we get there what the next step is. So we get there, we enjoy the best hogs we've ever eaten, we're having ice cream. I forget, there's another step that's supposed to happen. I wasn't paying attention, and all of a sudden, I heard, in my, in my heart, I heard and I saw in my spirit, this bookstore, Jennifer wants to go to this bookstore, take her to that bookstore. And I was like, wow, God, you're really doing this. So I'm on my phone eating my ice cream, looking up this bookstore, and she's like, okay, what are we doing next? I'm like, oh, God, you're so good. We're going to go out to this bookstore. Oh, I've wanted to go there. That's so great. I'm like, wow, God, you are just taking me step by step by step. And it's so interesting. And all of it wasn't perfect. There were hiccups in the road. There were things that happened. But once we got to the bookstore, that was a flop. That didn't work out. But so it's like, okay, where are we going now? Well, we're going to leave the bookstore. God, I'm just trusting you. Okay, we're going to go home and let the dog out. That gives me 30 minutes. Okay, Holy Spirit, you and me for 30 minutes. What am I doing? And God just revealed it. Now, this time she had to trust me a little more. She didn't trust what I was going to do next. But we were blessed because of it, weren't we? And see, that's, that's what I'm trying to say here. God wants to lead us in those little secret areas of our life. And I'm telling you, we overlook them all day long. We overlook them all day long because we're too busy. Jesus was going to the house of Jairus to heal the daughter who was sick in bed with a fever. One gospel says that Jairus, <clears throat> Jairus said that she was dead. Another gospel says my daughter lays at home sick with a fever. So either Jairus knew that she was dead or on the verge of death. Jesus was interrupted. Jesus had a mission. Hear me now. Jairus came to, to pull on Jesus because he knew if Jesus would come, his daughter would be healed. He pulls on Jesus and Jesus says, yes, I will go. But on the road, he gets interrupted. And another woman gets the miracle. Follow me now. Another woman gets the miracle. She's been waiting for 12 years. She knew that if she could just touch Jesus' robe, that she would be healed. Now everything has stopped and now a servant comes running to Jairus and says, don't bother the master anymore. 
your daughter's dead. See, what was going on in Jairus' mind in those moments? And furthermore, what was Jesus calculating in that time? Jesus knew that his power, although contained within his body was limited, was unlimited in the sense that he could have this woman be healed through him and still go and raise this girl from the dead. And we're living in Western culture so much by these deadlines. When the end of the night comes, most of us crash. We can't even keep our head above the water. Most Americans feel like they're sinking. Most Americans feel like they're living and trying to catch up to the next thing. We are so blinded. We have missed so much. And the walk of faith is a, faith to, is a walk to pull back and to say, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me today? And then as you're fulfilling me, I'm willing to be interrupted for those around me. I'm willing to be used of you. You know what? God is able to work out a situation. So if you're on the road and you see this person, you're like, well, I can't stop because I'll be late for work. You know, God will work that out. If the Lord told you to stop, he will work that out. And that's the thing. We're growing in faith. Not that faith is growing, but that we're growing in the understanding of what God has already deposited in us. And if we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, what God has turbocharged inside of us so that the power is living and active and ready to flow out of us at any given moment. And you know what? We don't live by feelings. And you know why that's so important? Because it's in the times that we feel the least that God does the most. Because what did God say by faith and, and through Jesus to Paul? My strength is perfected in your weakness. When you are weak, then he is strong. And so don't let the weakness keep you from doing what you know God has called you to do. So what is faith? Faith is the substance and the realization and the confidence. It's, when I think of substance, I can see something in my hand. I shared those stories with you because those were things I saw in my spirit. Now I'm learning 15 years later again to develop that sense so that I can be sensitive when the spirit is leading. But just today, there were so many different things that God was showing me. You know, Christianity is not a weird thing, but our father is in heaven. We're here on this earth. It's natural for a son to call his father and get his father's wisdom. Why would it be unnatural for me to be a spirit being and call on my father who sees all the things in the spirit and draw from the spirit? If I can do it with the phone, I can do it with the spiritual. It's not weird. We got to get past this. I don't want to be fruity. You can call me fruity all day, all day. My wife's happy, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, she had an awesome day, you know? But that's just one area where God is leading us. And you know what? I was encouraging Jennifer yesterday, don't beat yourself up. We all miss it. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We all walk away from that voice. I am not perfect. How many times, I, just yesterday, I drove by somebody and I sensed that the Lord told me to stop. So we do it. But the thing is, we don't want to wait to find out that we should have done what he told us to do. We want to move on it. What is faith? Faith is the substance. Faith is grabbing hold of what you see in the spiritual. Paul says, looking at the things that are not seen, not on the things that are seen, grabbing hold of what you see in the spiritual and bringing that to the reality of your present. Okay? So why does faith matter as we bring this to a close here? Faith matters because the, the book of Hebrews 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 6, says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
So the reason that faith matters to us as followers of Christ is that we cannot please God without faith. Think about that. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So what does please him? Faith. You know what God loves? When I read the scripture and I see a promise and I hold him to that promise. God appreciates and values that. God doesn't appreciate and value when I say, oh, that's not me. Oh, I'm not good enough for that, God. We think if we put ourselves down that God will exalt us. That's not humility. True humility is, I know who this flesh is, but I know who I am in the spirit. I know who and what God has made me. And so I'm not afraid to call those things that being not as though they were. I'm not afraid to reach out into the spiritual and to bring it home to me. Faith matters because we cannot please God without faith. Faith also matters because faith is one of God's love languages. Faith is one of God's love languages. You know, Gary Chapman wrote that book years ago, The Five Love Languages. And the love language discussion talks about, you know, all of us have these needs when we enter relationships. My wife, it's taken me all these years, but she's a quality time person. I'm a gifts person. Wow, life is so much easier when you know the person's love language. And faith is God's love language. It's one of God's love languages. Uh, the book of uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. The scripture says, Now abide faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So faith is one of God's love languages. Love is one of God's love languages. And hope is. God loves when people hope because what are they doing when they're hoping? They're looking out into the future and they're seeing it. And by faith, they're going out and grabbing it. So why is faith important? Because if you're going to live this Christian life, you're going to need to walk by faith. And faith is growing as you're reading the word. Faith is growing as you're hearing the word. Faith is growing as you're applying the word of God into your life. Applying the word of God into your life. Let me just check something here because it was definitely something I wanted to make sure that I shared with you. Hmm. There are, there are a couple things that I want to do tonight. Uh, there's no way in one evening in 40 minutes that we can touch everything on faith. And I know that. I understand that. My hope and my desire tonight was to begin to poke you and just let you kind of ooze out a little bit and so that the Holy Spirit can begin to do the work. There's three things I want to do tonight because now that we've heard, we have to begin to put into practice. Two things I want to touch immediately. There are those who are here tonight who have been struggling with shame and guilt and doubt, feeling like you just can't measure up and that God is not pleased with you and that is hindering you from moving forward in your relationship with God. I want you to hear me again. There are those who are here tonight and you're struggling with shame, you're struggling with guilt, you're struggling with doubt, you're feeling like you just can't measure up and that God is not pleased with you. I want you to know tonight that God spoke, Jesus spoke in John three sixteen that God so loved the world. And if you're here on this world, it's you. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes would not perish but have everlasting life. Why? Because God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You need to know tonight that you are accepted by God, that you are loved 
by God, that you are cherished by God, and that you belong to his body. You need to hear that from the Lord tonight. You need to know it, and you need to settle it once and for all in your heart. Once and for all, this is who you are, not because you've earned it. The scripture tells us by the works of the law, no man will be justified, but we are justified by faith. By faith in what? By faith in Jesus Christ. What did Jesus do? He paid for our sin. He paid for our shame. He paid for our guilt. He paid for it all. So when I have faith to believe that my sins are forgiven and I am fully pleasing to the Lord, that pleases God. You need to know that tonight. There are those of you who are here tonight that God has spoken something to. Now it's about to get real. See, God speaks to us all the time. I said that. But there are those of you who are here tonight that God has spoken something to. And Pastor Ray, you can begin to come and play now. God has spoken something to you. And you've done everything. You've ran every which way. You've sought counsel on every area that you could seek counsel. And no matter what, you are still sensing that God is calling you to do something. I want you to know, by faith, God has called at least one of you, but some of you, to start a Bible study at your work, at your place of employment. God has already spoken to you, and you know that. But for whatever reason, you haven't done it. That's okay. There's no condemnation, but God already spoke that to you, and you know that he wants you to do that. Now, if that's not for you, don't receive it. But God, God has called somebody, at least, to start a Bible study at their place of work. That was one of the things he was making clear as I was seeking him. That's not me. That's him. That's from him tonight. He has called you. If he already showed you that, receive it. It's a confirmation. And you know what? You keep waiting on God. I'm going to use this one example right now. You keep waiting on God. God, when you open up that door, I'll do that. But that's not the way that it works. The just shall live by faith. And God is waiting for you to activate that your faith and step out and do what he's called you to do and he will begin to put those things in order you know what i couldn't find out the next step for jennifer going to the bookstore until i fulfilled the first step and i had to go by faith that she was going to appreciate the ice cream i'm using a worldly example it's a silly example but it's the same principle i can't get the next step I can't see the fulfillment of the next area until I step out and do what I know he told me to do. And so here's what I want to do tonight. All over this room, I don't need to know what it is. And it's not just the Bible study. There are those of you in this room that God has already spoken to. And in our study tonight, as we began to search the scriptures, your heart, your spirit was on fire. You knew that God was calling you back to that very thing he told you to do. And for whatever reason, you have said no. And you're living in absolute frustration. You hear about a glorious heaven and you're excited about heaven, but you feel like you're living in hell on earth. And it's because you haven't taken that step to do the last thing, the very thing he told you to do. And if you just step out by faith, he will fulfill it. He will, and your life will turn around. It won't be perfect. You will have persecution. You will. Jesus promises in this world we'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, he said, I've overcome the world. So you just have to be willing to grab hold because let me say this to you, to live in that hell and that frustration of not being obedient is far worse 
than what you would suffer for just simply being obedient to the call of God. Friends, I don't know the call of God in your life. I don't want to claim. The only thing I know the Lord showed me was that Bible study. I don't want to to even touch that. You know. Here's what I want to do. Two areas of ministry tonight. Those of you who feel the shame, the guilt, that you're not good enough. Those of you who know that God has called you to do something, and for whatever reason you haven't, here's what I want you to do. I want you on the count of three just to stand up. Don't move yet. Here's the thing I want you to realize. For those of you who are feeling the guilt and the shame and the burden because you never measure up or so you feel, when you stand, you need to realize that's going to fall off you because you're standing by faith. You're stepping up, standing up to activate that by faith. Number two, if you're standing for the second reason, because you know God's called you to do something, you need to believe that when you step up, God's going to begin to deposit vision and wisdom on what you are to do in that situation. And all you need to do is this, God, I'm sorry that I didn't listen. I'm ready to listen. Now, one, two, three. It's none of my business all over this room, whether it's guilt and shame, whether it's something you know God called you to do, just stand good all over this room. Good, good. Good, good. Doesn't matter to me. It's only you and the Lord. Good, good. Thank you, Lord. Can everyone just lift their hands with me tonight? You say this with me, Father in heaven, by faith I receive what you've done for me through Jesus Christ on the cross. I believe I'm saved. I believe I'm forgiven. My sins are covered at the cross. And nothing can separate me from you or cause you to stop loving me. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. And I repent for not believing and for not activating what you've called me to do. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, by your Holy Spirit tonight, I'm I'm trusting and believing that what you shared, you will do. You're faithful to perform it. You stand by your word to perform it. And so I ask you right now by the Holy Spirit just to do what you said and to confirm in each and every heart. Confirm. I pray that those who needed that love would see it in the scriptures. I pray for those who needed that vision. They begin to see again whatever it is you've called them to do, God. And this time, they'll say yes. One more thing I want to do tonight is I want to ask.